Folks, the Winnipeg Jets continue to take care of business against teams they really need to be defeating, especially if they want to stake their claim to be one of the stronger outfits in the Western Conference. And take care of business they did against the Chicago Blackhawks over this past weekend. You know, a 4 nothing victory, looking pretty spiffy, a thorough domination. But you might be surprised to hear the Jets did not score one single even-strength goal. We'll talk about this game and why it has some very interesting outcomes on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, you know, the Jets are, uh, well, they're sitting pretty darn good with a 7-3-1 and record in the Central Division. Um, well, actually, not just the Central Division, but across the entire league. You know, the Jets have 15 points, and they are second in the Central behind the Dallas Stars, who they're actually playing tomorrow. So this is a pretty fun time to be a Winnipeg fan. Uh, a lot of you have probably sat through a number of years where the Jets just, yeah, they weren't super fun to watch. Now, is this year's team good? I think they have the potential to be really fun. Uh, I think saying they're good is probably a little bit too far, right? I think what I would say is the Jets are, um, they're doing things better than they have in previous years. But this is still a team that you can tell is kind of in like a transition process, right? Uh, they're they're getting better at certain things. But the lows are definitely pretty bad. Um, I think in terms of organization and stuff, the Jets are definitely still, you know, a work in progress, which we sort of expected. I mean, it's not going to be an overnight process. And so mostly what you're looking for is in in the transition period of uh, going from the last coaching regime to the new version, you know, at least show some growth and be fun. And I think so far the Jets have really given that to us in spades. Uh, now, this past game over the weekend was just legitimately great. Uh, the Jets ended up beating the Chicago Blackhawks 4 nothing, but I think the way that they did it was pretty interesting. Uh, now, I, I said that the Jets didn't score any even-strength goals, but that doesn't mean that they weren't pretty close to it. Uh, a lot of the reason Chicago avoided anything at 5v5 was because Arvid Soderblom has apparently been really good in that, and against the Jets, you know, obviously Winnipeg, occasionally has some trouble scoring at even strength. Um, you know, the, the lack of finishing talent with the Jets out of the top six is still a little bit noticeable. Uh, obviously, the Jets could use some kind of a scoring boost from somewhere. I know Winnipeg did score four goals, but when you look at how it happened and in the scenarios that it did, you can kind of tell that at least at even strength, the Jets still need a little, little bit of a push of some sort, uh, a shooting percentage push, that's for sure. But, you know, that's kind of beside the point. In general, you know, Winnipeg came out in this game and controlled the flow of play. 
The only time that they really didn't was uh, after like the first 10 or so minutes, Chicago started clawing back into the game. Winnipeg had had a really good start and then sort of tailed off. And then Chicago really started pushing the issue, uh, creating a couple of really good scoring opportunities. And thanks to Hellebuck and Chicago's own, well, I don't want to say crappiness, but yeah, kind of crappiness. Uh, you know, the Jets were able to escape without conceding anything, but unfortunately they didn't score anything either. It wasn't until, you know, towards the second period where things started to really fall into Winnipeg's favor. Um, the Jets kind of got some power plays and stuff, and apparently the Jets decided this was the day that they would actually score on the power play. You know, I've talked a lot about um, Winnipeg's special teams being pretty poor over the last few weeks, and this time it ended up being one of their strengths. Uh, thanks to Chicago kind of being a little bit deflated towards the uh, halfway point to the end of the game, the Jets ended up scoring like two or three times on the power play, and they also had a shorthanded goal from Adam Lowry. So just things that are very enjoyable. Um, what is kind of funny is that, like, you know, with this power play, right, uh, Kyle Connor has been the trigger man on this unit for the past couple of seasons. This year, he's not really scoring much at all. And so, uh, you know, the Jets are, are finding ways to score uh, with other players, which is kind of outside of expectation in some way. I think, you know, Connor having like three goals this year was definitely not on anyone's bingo card, but you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, I will say that in his stead, you know, we've been getting some really good contributions from guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, Cole Perfetti and a handful of other players. So it's not like it's been all um, bad from the top six. It's just, there are some kind of unfortunate bounces for Connor plus a few, uh, uh, a few fabulous saves made against him, you know, a hit post here and there just some random things that have kind of kept them off the score sheet. But I also think it would be nice if the Jets maybe stopped asking him to shoot as much as he does. I think they need to diversify their offense a little bit. You can tell KFC is the guy who's being marked out, uh, who goalies are reading on the power play and stuff. So adding a little bit more spice and flavor to that would really help him probably crack the score sheet more often. I think, you know, one thing that defined the the really good Jets of 2017-2018 was a really nice rotation of you know, tons of scoring threats, right? And I think KFC right now is like one of our lead guys, which unfortunately means he draws a lot of attention. And so it'd be nice if the Jets could help him out a little bit. I mean, he's getting into the right positions. He's taken some really good shots. It just, you know, puck hasn't quite settled for him. And on the opportunities where he's having saves made against him, you know, the Jets um, could do with a little more scoring variety so that, you know, KFC isn't the only player that everyone is looking and expecting to take those shots. So uh, things to kind of fix throughout the season, but at least during this game, you know, the, the slack was picked up by uh, actually of all things, the defense, Morrissey, Schmidt, uh, you know, they, they were collecting points left and right. And then, you know, Lowry and um, of course Dubois kind of carrying the load uh, on the, on the power play and on, you know, shorthanded situations. So yeah, some really fun things. Um, I think it leads to a question of, of what this team's ceiling is this year and where can it go? And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think the Jets are in an interesting state right now where I think their, their success is probably not super sustainable long-term, but at least for the short-term and the few weeks while we're still waiting for Ehlers to come back, this team is still capable of potentially going on some kind of a run. Before we kind of dive more into that, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spiked nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 
uh, off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure, uh, secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Now, if you're wondering why you should invest in Simply Safe, they have a fantastic suite of tech that they use, including a mobile app that lets you see uh, crystal clear HD security cam footage around your house. They've also got tons of uh, high tech sensors that can actually pinpoint whether a detection is is a legitimate threat like a break-in uh, or if it's actually something related to like a fire, a flood, whatever the threat is towards your home, they can call first responders immediately once they've determined the threat is actually valid. And this is partly because they've got 24-7 professional professional monitoring agents using their fast uh, fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. It captures all the critical evidence they need to determine the validity of a threat and which first responders make the most sense, whether it's firefighters, police, you name it, they've got your back. Uh, they have been named the best home security system of 2022, uh, a third year in a row, because you know so many people trust their services. They offer you a ton of great features. And again, they're monitoring your home to protect it from threats 24-7. And, you know, given the, the cost and pricing, it costs less than a dollar a day, which is less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. In an emergency, of course, you know, this is a really important time that you have somebody covering you and watching your back. And so there's never really been a better time to get in on Simply Safe Home Security. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are talking about Winnipeg's performance against the Chicago Blackhawks. You know what? What it's um, you know whether it's sustainable, uh, what's going right for the Jets this season, and how far they can really take this run of form that they've had so far. Uh, before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out one of our other great podcast segments. You really should make your second listen game to game from Locked On NHL. It features every moment, every top performance, and every result from across the NHL uh, with you know local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. You can follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app and all of your other favorite podcasting platforms, same as our show is available. As always, it's free to subscribe, so do so right now because we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, looking back at the Jets and uh, their, their run of form this season, I think the game against Chicago, as exciting as it was, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. There are some things that I think long-term aren't going to be super sustainable. Uh, I think the biggest issue for me with this team is kind of what happens with this blue line. I think it really is trying to be more aggressive and we're seeing it be more active. You know, Kyle Kapubianko made his season debut for the Jets and he was, you know, bombing down the wings, dropping deep into the offensive zone, dropping below the faceoff circles, which is really fun. I mean, in this in this game, you know, we had Dylan DeMello as his partner, and DeMello is kind of playing at a level where pretty much anyone who plays with him, whether it's Stanley, Sandberg, or Capobianco, is seemingly getting really good results. So, um, you know, it's nice to see that DeMello can be a stabilizing force, but the rest of the defense is kind of up and down. Uh, Brendan Dillon for me is really struggling to keep up with the way that this team is trying to transition towards, uh, obviously, you know, he's kind of one of those, you know, shutdown defensive types, right? A guy who's not really a big transition expert, uh, somebody who would probably more often defer to like a Schmidt 
or Pionk, whoever he's playing with. And I, I think that there is value in what Dylan can bring. But I just think with the way that this team is pushing and what Bones is asking of his defense, I think long term, the fit for me is probably not ideal. Uh, if he were a little more fleet of foot, if he had like that puck carrying transition ability, I'd probably feel differently. But I think given what he's doing and, and kind of what the defense is, you know, long term being asked to do, I sort of wonder what the fit with him uh, long term with the Jets is. And I would imagine that a lot of teams are looking at him as somebody who would be a really valuable addition to their blue line. And I would agree. I think Dylan does a lot of the details right. I just think with the way that Bones is asking his blue liners to activate and carry the puck and really be offensively aggressive, that's just never really been Brendan's game. I think that is asking him to do things that kind of sit outside his wheelhouse. Uh, and, you know, with the Jets not really having, you know, a, a top-end blue line unit, I think you need to favor something like offensive production more. Um, so in that respect, I think Dylan, for me, you know, at some point might be a player who kind of gets swapped around to another squad that he can really uh, boost and benefit more. I think for me, you know, I, I want to see the, the Jets get faster, more aggressive, uh, and, and kind of play a style almost like what we've seen with LA and Dallas and some of these other teams. You know, all those squads kind of lack that high-end elite talent, but they make what they've got work, and they do it with a really aggressive forecheck and a press, which I think the Jets are actually capable of doing. Uh, we've seen it at times. The only thing that the Jets really can't replicate is like that speed. You know, this team is not super fast, but in terms of like forechecking pressure, closing off space, I think at least in that respect, the Jets can still be pretty successful. I, I don't think they'll be like ideal at it, but I think they can do a decent enough job that would fit what Bones wants and uh, also prevent opponents from really feeling comfortable and make the Jets difficult to play against. That's like the big thing Winnipeg really wants this year is to be difficult to play against and to have that constant level of compete, you know, and make this team um, a, a real force. Now, the question of how far the Jets can go, I think, is is a tough one. I think because the Central this year is definitely on the weaker side than it's been in previous years, I think the Jets are, are certainly gunning in the running for like a top three finish. Uh, and also because Connor Hellebuck is putting on, again, one of his top seasons so far of his career, you know, I think this is <clears throat> a year in which the Jets can certainly finish in the top three of the Central. Now, in terms of what would happen in like the playoffs, it would really depend on how far Hellebuck can take the team. I think the Jets this year definitely lack a lot of the scoring depth that they're used to uh, from earlier seasons, but Hellebuck is definitely like an equalizing factor. And we've seen just how important and how amazing um, that top level elite goaltending has been for this franchise. And I think the Jets could even go a round or two with him. Uh, but again, it just really depends on how fresh he is, how, how you know, peak performance he is at that stage of the season. It's going to be pretty late and he'll have played a lot of games because it doesn't seem like Riddick uh, is going to be playing a ton this year. So, you know, the Jets definitely have some things to improve upon, but at, at least right now until uh, they can kind of settle down and get some other players back from injury, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting ride. Barron's out for like four to five weeks. Ehlers, you know, continues to be a bit of a mystery. And yet the Jets are still 7-3-1. and one. So things are feeling pretty decent, right? Um, but of course, towards the uh, end of the show, I thought it'd be worth talking about Winnipeg's next opponent and why the Dallas Stars for me present a fascinating uh, story this year. I think the Stars are 
maybe a little bit under the radar for a lot of opponents and a lot of teams, but you know, you look at their goal scoring record and stuff and how they've been defeating their opponents. There are some very similar things to what we've seen with Vegas uh, and Colorado in how they play. And we'll talk about how that might be an issue for the Jets in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we are just closing out real quick with some thoughts before Winnipeg takes on Dallas tomorrow. Uh, obviously, the Jets have a pretty good record, but they've played some tough teams over the past couple of weeks, and not everything was um, fantastic, right? You know, the Jets got like five of six points against uh, Vegas, LA, and Arizona, but you know, of those games, the Jets maybe deserved like three points out of that whole mess. So Dallas is a team that kind of smoked the Jets in their last meeting, and they just beat uh, the Edmonton Oilers 6-2, to two, which is no accident. I mean, this Stars team is legit. And Dallas, I think their scoring record this year, uh, they have one of the top goal differentials across the entire league. Uh, it looks like only Boston has ended up scoring more than they have. Um Actually, if you look at the goal differential, they're tied with Vegas. And Vegas, of course, is first in the Pacific Division, first in the West in general. Um, this this Vegas team is fantastic, but Dallas is almost right there with them. And I think it's interesting to see the Stars become a potent offensive countering team with really quick uh, uh, vertical counters because that sort of stuff really stretches the Jets. And I think Winnipeg really needs to be disciplined in this game and limit space. Uh, the moment Dallas can kind of get the step on you is when you really start to find yourself in trouble. And this team has scored 46 goals in just 12 games. That is a freaking load. And they've only conceded 27 total, which considering, you know, the Jets are at 27 goals against and are considered to be a pretty stingy team, that's a tough one. Uh, leading the way for this this Stars team, we've had a bit of a resurgence from Joe Pavelski, who's at a point per game. Ben is just under a point per game. Sagan right there with him. Um, <clears throat> but you're also getting contributions from guys like Marchman. Uh, and of course, at the top of this is Jason Robertson and Rope Hints. Uh, these guys have been the anchors for this team. Uh, and while a lot of the stars are definitely shooting a little bit too high right now, you'd probably expect those shooting percentages to come down. I think the way that they have really quick puck movement, how they're able to find soft spaces in between defensive coverages, and how their guys always seem to be just on the back door of opportunities or right between defenders, they somehow elude their marks. All that stuff is is really dangerous for a team like the Jets who don't handle space or like speed well. So um, Winnipeg really needs to be disciplined to cut down on the shooting and passing lanes and to kind of watch for what Dallas's puck movement starts to look like. Uh, teams that can move the puck really quickly, like the Kings and the Avs and the Knights, those squads give the Jets a lot of trouble. And Dallas does a lot of those same things. Over time, I think the Jets will eventually learn to how to deal with that kind of pressure, but I think it will actually take some changes to the roster. I think in general, the Jets just need to get faster, and I kind of feel like that's why uh, a guy like Brad Lambert was brought in. Um, you know, he's very fleet of foot, and he's got that transition speed, that that north-south skill. And it's something that Ehlers also brings, but, you know, those guys also have the creativity to be really fast and dangerous once they're inside the offensive zone. So it's not just like a vertical game. They can also expand and stretch space, uh, you know, laterally or however they want to open up the shooting and passing lanes. But, you know, as it is right now, the Jets just don't have the kind of team that handles the way Dallas and a lot of these squads play. So 
Winnipeg really needs to be on its best behavior. Um, they've already won two out of their three games on this current homestand. Can't really be upset even if they lose to the Stars. But it would be nice to see them at least play competitively. Um, after that, the Jets are going to hit the road for a couple of games against the Flames and the Kraken, which these are pretty tough opponents. The Kraken have had a massive improvement this year. Um, the Flames are very inconsistent, but still a dangerous team. And then, of course, the Jets are going to come back for you know the Ducks, Pens, and Canes. So this is a pretty jam-packed schedule. Um, Winnipeg has a really good chance to uh, push further into the Central Division and really put its stamp on this top three. I don't think anyone really expected the Jets to be here at this point of the season. It is still very early, but so far, you know, so good. Um, as long as the Jets keep disciplined, uh, stay healthy, and keep on with their good performances and taking care of business against teams that they can uh, certainly handle, I think that'll be great. And the Jets can give themselves some breathing room as they start to approach the real heart of the season. But I'd be curious to know how you feel about the season start. Uh, are you a believer in this team? Do you think the record is reflective of what we've seen? Let me know at HLLivingLocal and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter or in the YouTube comments below. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to also make your second listen uh, Locked On uh, Sports Today. It features the biggest stories of the, of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It's available on all of the favorite podcasting platforms you follow already for Locked On Jets, so be sure to check them out there as well. And as, as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!